social media really doesn't mean nothing, right? Like a pandemic nearly killed all of us. And then so what if you have a million followers? Like, is that million followers going to save me from this pandemic? Is it going to keep my kids safe? Is it going to like, you know, keep my family safe? I was like, no. Thank you all for tuning in. I just want to give a big shout out to our amazing sponsors, Jawala, who have sponsored all of our Dubai episodes. As most of you will know, Jawala is a huge brand that's taken over the UK with over 47 branches and growing. Not only have they recently launched in Canada, but I'm proud to announce that Jawala will also be launching in the beautiful city of Dubai in February 2022 in the brand new Dubai Hills Mall. Be sure to follow their journey across the social media platforms. All the details will be in the description below. Get ready to take a sip of the East. Welcome to another episode of Recipe to Success Dubai. Today I'm joined by the biggest DJ in Dubai, DJ Bliss. How are you? What's Marwan? going on, man? Thank you. Thank shall you I call having... you Marwan or shall I call you DJ Whatever Bliss? Whatever you feel like more comfortable with. <laughs> no problem. I'm pretty no problem. Uh, responsive to both. <laughs> amazing, amazing. So um, just for anyone that doesn't know who you are, obviously we've got a lot of people in the UK. I know you're very big, but just in case, why don't you give us a bit of an introduction? Yeah, so uh, born and raised Dubai. This, I'm from uh, Dubai. One of the few uh, people you'll see around that are from here. I always get that, like uh, met somebody from here. Um, start off uh, really just DJing, that was the first thing I got into and then eventually went into radio and then TV and hosting events. And then from there I just took a turn into like getting into more like business. So you know with the DJing it was easy to do the DJ bookings um, and then we were doing events, so event planning, like we do our own club nights. Um, and then um, I, I tapped into a bit of like retail as well, so I have my own barber shop and I have, uh, I have a karak shop as well. Um, you guys call it chai I think, right, in the UK? Um, and, um, and yeah, and uh, right now I focus mainly on just content creation, like for my social media. I was doing YouTube uh, as well. Um, focus on making music, and uh, I'm still my one first and true love DJing. Where did that come from? I don't know. You know, when I was in high school, I was really like into more into bands. Like I was in a band. I was playing guitar. I was playing drums. It was. Um, it, I, I was doing like my school radio station, like just in our breaks, and then like. The, we, we used to throw a lot of parties and I wouldn't get invited so I always thought like how could I get invited to the parties and I thought if I was the DJ then I can you know <laughs> I, they have to invite me because there's like 50 people but there's only one DJ so that's kind of where it started and uh, you know I never started on vinyl I was playing CDs so you know I'd pick up CDs and then uh, the era where Napster was big like we would like mm. we can burn, uh, burn CDs so then it was a little bit easier and then my brother came back from the US and he had a whole collection of CDs for me and then that was it that was kind of like that's where it started got my first gig and Start. I love it. I mean, I've never. I don't think I've ever said this out loud, but when I was a kid, I used to. I used to love music, and I used to love listening to the radio. Before you could go on YouTube and search the song, yeah. I always used to call up radio stations and say, "Can you play this song?" Literally as a kid, yeah, yeah. and it got so bad that they just knew who I was. They'd be like, "Oh, that's that cute kid again." You were that guy. I was that guy. <laughs> and then I bought like this uh, keyboard that had like a DJ. Uh, thing in it and I just pretend I was a DJ uh, <laughs> but I loved it because it was just like the DJ is in control of everything right correct yeah it's in control of controlling the crowd mm -hmm. um, changing the mood and I think it's such a, a cool thing I've always yeah. been fascinated by it. Yeah, it, is, it is pretty fascinating if you think about it when you see like you know, when, even like a concert with like a band like there's a lot of people or even like a Beyonce show like you see how many people on stage there's like 20 30 people on stage 
with these DJ shows, there's just one person with a DJ console in front of them, and you can have like 50,000 people, and that's crazy to me that this one person, one song is just feeding to those people. So uh, I, I do often think about that, that, that whole connection between the DJ and the people, and music is the universal language, right? It makes everyone feel exactly. good, it makes everyone happy, it can make you sad as well, but generally I think it's just a... A good mood, yeah. Mood, yeah. So um, you mentioned, so I mentioned at the beginning that biggest DJ in Dubai. Um, I'm you. proud to say that. Appreciate but it. why don't you give the audience an idea of some of the shows that you've done, some of the biggest things that you have that have been big for yourself? Man, so many now. But um, you know, m most recently over the last couple of years, like I did uh, the sp uh, Special Olympics, uh, like for special needs, uh, and that was probably the biggest. It got broadcasted on ESPN. Like I heard, like. Uh, something close to like 50 million people were watching worldwide and um, and then in attendance was like the royal family and all that so that was probably one of the biggest shows there's so many like I, when i get asked this like you know what was your biggest show it's hard for me to remember but i always tell like maybe like a, a story about you know something that really meant uh, like uh, was a, was a moment for me and one was like this Wiz Khalifa concert like this the vibe was right you know the crowd was like really into it and it was the first time i came out of the booth and I was like hyping the people uh, and I just started vlogging so I was filming videos for it as well so that was a, a pretty uh, cool moment but yeah you know for me every every time I step into the DJ booth it's a special moment for me it's, uh, that's why I really just recollect every moment there might be something some small thing that happened a small connection with someone who had a great time or you know a good mix that I did uh, always kind of uh, uh, you know resonates with me but Dude, I, I feel like I have the best job in the world, so and it's, I don't feel like it's a job either. Mm. So it's hard for me to really pick. I really feel like, you know... You're living your dream. Yeah, yeah. I love I'm that. I'm grateful for, you know, the opportunity that I'm in. Mm -hmm. So um, let's talk about your upbringing, because you mentioned that you're, you're local, you're from here. Yeah. Um, do you remember, like, how Dubai was? Because obviously I'm guessing you've seen it evolve, um, and obviously you've grown as an individual. What, what was it like? Yeah, basically, you know, it's it's uh, it, it grew in front of our eyes, but probably easier for someone from outside to see. Um, but I mean, look where we are right now. We would like there was no there was no Palm Island. Like we'd be like this this was water Desert. before, water, yeah. you know. Um, and, and literally everything. When you look around you right now, like literally like pretty much everything around us right now did not exist when uh, we were growing up. You know, with the exception of the oldest thing I would think is probably the Burj Al Arab. And I remember when they tore down the building, which was there, it was called Chicago Beach, the hotel. Mm -hmm. And they tore down the building. And this was an iconic building, an iconic beach, the Chicago Beach and Chicago Beach Hotel to build the Burj Al Arab and Jumeirah Beach Hotel. But it's cool, you know, I'm glad and happy that I was part of this uh, transformation. And I think this era was the biggest transformation. For sure, it's ever evolving. You know, I always say Dubai is always under construction. The sound that you hear in the background, like it's always there. Like it's, it's become so normal to us. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I got to see it with my own eyes, which is which is amazing. Uh, l lucky for us, we have great rulers. And, uh, you know, His Highness Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid Maktoum, he said, they asked him in an interview once, it's on it's on the internet, it's one of the news interviews. They said, why are you doing this so fast? Like, why? He said, I want my people to see it now. You know, I don't want them to see it like 20 years from now or 30 years from now. I want them to see it and feel it now. Um, and you know that's that that's the amazing thing about Dubai you know you know one thing I love is that um, you know we've sat with a few different people and they've all spoken very highly um, of you know the rulers and the royal family and it's beautiful to see because 
we come from like a western place where you know we're always criticizing the government because yeah. they they really do silly things sometimes yeah um so it's refreshing and i think when you have people that are living in a city that are uniting and so connected and they feel safe and they feel yeah. comfortable you get a city like dubai where yeah. you know there's no violence there's you know minimal things um but for anyone in the uk that maybe has never traveled to dubai what are some of the best things for you um maybe i'm sure i'm sure you see tourists all the time and yeah. things like that what are some of the things that they can look forward to yeah, I mean, you know, the the regular stuff is cool, which I'm sure you already know if you Google, like, you know, Desert Safari, the world's tallest building and all that. But I always, always advise people to go beyond and see, like, some of the other Emirates, for example. Like, we have uh, uh, the Northern Emirates, Fujairah, like, beautiful beaches over there. They can go diving. Uh, they now produce their own, like, uh, oysters uh, in, in a beach over there called Dibba. Then there's like, um, you know, you can go like zip lining through. I mean, zip line is probably more also mainstream. You'd probably find it, but really just explore. You know, there's another city called Sharjah, which is pretty cool. It's uh, 45 minutes away. It's very cool. Like it's got an old town uh, vibe, uh, really cool like markets and so. So I think there's a lot of hidden gems over here that you can see. It really depends on what you're looking for. You know, some people really connect with this place uh, and some people just like, oh, I don't like it. As a tourist, I think it's pretty impressive to see. I always told people, it would be, I, I would never know the feeling of coming to Dubai for the first time out of the airport and just like looking around like, like wow, you know? When I go to a new city, like you literally like, where am I on the Google map? And like, you know, and just looking around. So unfortunately, I'll never have that feeling, but uh, I, I would guess as a tourist, it would be a great experience, whether you're coming here to party, whether you're coming here as a family, whether you're coming here alone, whether you want to come here and ball, like live a crazy rich lifestyle, or you want to live on budget, which is possible as well. And that's that's the other thing as well. I think a lot of people think that you have to have uh, money to come here or uh, everything is super expensive. Uh, and it, you know, it could be, but it, you can also definitely uh, live, live on budget also, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned at the beginning as well that you not only do DJing, mm -hmm. you also do other things like creating content. Um, how did that come about? And also, uh, in addition to that question, how have how has that benefited your your dj career because i always say to people that content is king it helps yeah. in every way um so what's your take on that so the content uh, really i started uh, i always used to film stuff i have a lot of footage of like even my first radio show like i, I just found it recently it was on a cassette uh, wow. one of those like little cassettes that go into the camcorder i recently found it and converted it but so i was always really filming and i didn't realize um, and then one of the first times I did a vlog vlog was like back in 2009 or 10 and I found it it was like hey guys today I'm going to my TV show now I'm on my radio show I want to show people what I was doing so I was really sort of ahead of the time as far as like being you know vision but I never uh, stuck with it and uh, and I feel like the when the vlogging era came then I was like yo I've done this before let's jump on it and I don't know if I was too late or my content wasn't really uh, what was working on uh, YouTube at the time, but uh, I, I don't regret it. You know, I didn't get the views I wanted or the subscribers I wanted, but I was able to really create memories and shoot a lot more content. And then eventually, like I started like micro creating micro content. So instead of doing 10 minute videos on YouTube, I would take it and make it one minute on Instagram. Today, like TikTok as well, I'm taking all my old content, putting it on TikTok is doing really well. So. I think it's pretty important. I mean, you know, as a DJ, there's so many DJs out there. So, you know, it's uh, you have to find 
other ways to connect to people in the masses, right? If you're only really playing as a DJ to the people in the club, we're talking about, I don't know, whatever the capacity of the club is. It could be 500, it could be 1,000. How many of those people really connecting with you at a venue like that, right? They might know who you are, but are they connecting? Are they your tribe? Are they your, you know? So that's what I wanted to do. So when I left TV and radio, I thought if I can create my own channel, you know, if my YouTube became successful, then I could do my own podcast, I can do my own radio show, I can do my own TV show um, eventually, and I put on my own music videos on my channel as well. So that would be my own platform. So that was really my mindset. Even though things didn't go according exactly according to the plan that I wanted, but, you know, everything led to something better or... Uh, you know, another opportunity came up always along with that. So the content, I mean, it helped me for sure. And as far as like, you know, in the, just the Instagram game, you know, I'm like in the influencer circuit as well. So I get brand deals and I get invited to these events and, uh, you know, shoot content for brands as well. Um, You're an all-rounder. Yeah, yeah. So I, and, I, and I enjoy it, to be honest with you. It's me. It's the gift and the curse, I always say. The jack of all trades um, and the master of uh, some. Some people say master of none, but I would say master of some because like DJing is really still my true love. I always say, and that's where I feel most comfortable in my skin. Um, and uh, what was the second part? I forgot. So uh, I think well, I, was, I think it was about like how how has that so the DJing side? Yeah. How important has that been for you? Like. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think I think it's been pretty important. Uh, you know, if you take a look at sort of everyone else in the scene who's doing what I was doing, like I definitely got more opportunities at the fact that I was doing content and DJing mm -hmm. rather than just uh, DJing. Mm -hmm. And for you, what makes a good DJ? Because I think a lot of people now, especially with technology, they think it's just putting a song on and, and finding and making a playlist. Uh, but obviously me and you, we, we know it's a lot more than that. So yeah. um, what, what, what for you is, is really, really important for that? Um, I mean, one thing is, first of all, like uh, your music selection would, I'd say, be number one thing or your music knowledge. Number two is your technical skills, although technical really is going down the list more and more these days. People don't really care and the technology is making it easier for you to mix songs. But um, I think it's just something that you have or you don't. You know, you, I, I, people come to me and ask me to teach them to DJ and I always say, really, I don't know how to teach you because I never I was never taught. So I don't know how to teach you. Um, I could teach you a couple of things. There's a couple of YouTube videos. You know, I can show you how to mix and how to find songs. But really, it's within you to really understand that there's these group of people in front of you, uh, whether it's five, fifty, five hundred, or five thousand, or even fifty thousand, and how you take the songs that you have, put them together, and make sure you develop uh, or create an experience for these people. Um, and that's that's really what I think a, a, a DJ is or a good DJ is you're right I mean if, if if I gave you the same 10 songs you can probably figure out how to put them together but what you can do and what I can do to these 50 people it actually becomes harder with less people than than more really? people yeah I mean if you have a crowd that's just having fun partying if it was like a, a concert and I don't know, uh, you know, Justin Bieber was coming on next and you went and played like, you, you didn't have to mix. You just go, hey, what's up everybody? Are you ready? Boom, you play that song. You still hype that crowd up. But how far we take it, uh, you know, depends on the skill and how good you are as a DJ. Have you always been uh, extroverted? I don't think I'm an extrovert, by really? the way. Yeah, I think more of an introvert. Really? Yeah. Because you see, because you're doing content, it yeah. came so natural to you. You're a DJ, you're, you're literally 
controlling yeah. thousands of people at a time. I think it's the Gemini in me. I think I'm an <laughs> extrovert uh, on uh, on screen and an introvert in real life. And I always thought introvert people were like people who didn't want to do anything, but it's really not like that. I, I read somewhere, this was the coolest definition that I found for an introvert, is the person who wants to get invited to the parties but doesn't want to go. And I think that's really like, that's me, you know? Um, and not that I don't want to go because I, I don't want to do anything. I, you know, I find peace in like being my, uh, in my own space, like doing my own thing, researching, maybe working on music or like, you know, I, I'm totally fine being at home alone in my room or studio or, uh, you know, just sitting on my laptop doing something like that. I don't know. That's, that's, that's how I feel. But yeah, I always thought I was an extrovert and you, you would assume that if you saw, yeah. you, you saw everything on the outside, but. You know, the more and more I read about it, I'm like, I think, I don't know, I think I'm more... Maybe a bit of both. Maybe hybrid. a bit of both, yeah, it's possible. <laughs> so, I want you to go back to when you first started DJing and you fell in love with it. What was the moment that you kind of thought, you know what, I'm going to take this seriously and this is actually going to be my career? Um, it was probably one of the first gigs that I got where I got paid well. And I was like, oh, okay, I mean... Um, I think at the time I was working in radio, so my first ever gig was at a as a theme, at a theme park, a water park called Wonderland. So it was really the first time I got professional equipment. I got fired from that job. I was learning how to mix at that job, so I got fired from there. And then I was doing like little bits and pieces with the music. And then the first time I got a club gig, you know, I didn't get paid very much. If I can't, if I'm not mistaken, it was like around 300 dirhams a show, which was like a hundred dollars or something like that. Um, I was doing that for a bit and I got my radio gig and then after I got my radio gig this 300 gig suddenly shot up to something like ridiculous so basically through this one weekly gig I was doing I was making more money from this uh, weekly gig doing four gigs a month than I was making at a full salary so then I was like wait a minute you know so I started doing the maths I'm like if I can do this and make that money then you know this would be amazing like if i did one show then i did two shows then i'll start charging a little bit more and more and more and then that's really i was like okay you know i can really like be doing this i'm getting paid like good money to do what i love like it was like it was crazy to me what what do you think has been the biggest key to your success i think just uh if you know uh, moving with trends and uh you know ever evolving i think if you say stagnant in this industry and uh, you know you do the same thing and expect uh, different results i think that that's really the problem uh, and time changes you know if you look around you i mean uh from i don't know it's like it's like a house right if you don't renovate it eventually it's going to fall apart you have to uh, you know keep changing it it's like a brand like you always see uh, different brands like updating their 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 logo mm -hmm. or the way it looks right you, you don't see pepsi looking the way it does or coke looking the way it does you know the, the brand is ever evolving and i think that is the key thing you know and that was for me it was always like okay you know i want to keep evolving i want to keep doing better i wanted more and more and more and obviously dj you come from an emirati background djing is you know something out of the ordinary almost um i know from an asian culture like growing up it's doctor lawyer engineer yeah. this that so for anyone that is in that kind of dilemma right now where maybe they've got a bit of pressure and you know they're trying you know being kind of pushed to to go in those paths but it's not for them what would you advise because obviously you were very bold in that sense yeah i mean i i did it also in an era man there wasn't really uh, many uh, emirati there's a couple now but there wasn't much and uh 
Look, when I first started, it was, you know, it, it didn't take it very well. And also everyone in my family, all my siblings were all in like multinational day jobs. So it was, it was very difficult for me. I think what really helped was as soon as, you know, I was DJing a little bit when I, my first gig was when I was in college. And then I got my radio job pretty much after graduated from college. So it helped that I was doing radio and DJing. And then eventually when I was doing TV, same thing, it helped that I was doing TV. And when I set up my business, that helped as well for me. Uh, you know, my family did question the DJing side, but they always saw this other side that I was doing, and I think that's what really, uh, you know, helped them. And then for me, it was very important to also not cross any lines as far as culturally or f uh, family. Um, you know, the the stigma or the you know the things that you think about what DJs mm -hmm. do and all that. Or I, I always get hit with that. So. I made sure that I did everything I could, as much as I could, right? Um, and you know, my, my parents were okay with it. Like they questioned it, and uh, and you know, we always worked towards it. And today, I think they look back at it with what I, you know, what I was, what I did, and um, you know, setting up my company and all and, and all that stuff. So they saw the the progression, Vision. yeah. And you know, if I'm sure, like anyone, whether it's in a Middle Eastern or Asian culture, if you want to be just a DJ, you're going out partying every night, coming home at like four in the morning, sleeping all day. It's not gonna work, you know. That's not the, what your parents uh, hoped and dreamed for you. They want the best for you, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sure if you did it in the right way, if you became a successful DJ, were touring, traveling the world, making music, or you know, doing the right way, uh, they they probably would wouldn't mind. Um, I always have, you know, you, you know, Jay Sean, right? Of course. He always tells me a story about his parents. People always ask him the question. He always tells me he, he hates it because he's answered it so many times. <laughs> but he was supposed to be a doctor, you know that? Yeah, he studied yeah, yeah, medicine. Yeah. So he always tells me the same story. He makes fun fun of it all the time, and uh, I mean, that's an example right there. Yeah, he says that even to date, sometimes his parents were like, "Oh, you should have become a doctor." It's old school mentality. It's changing. You know, you gotta remember like. Uh, my parents tell me stories about when they, you know, they used to watch black and white TV uh, as kids. You know, this generation, our, you know, it changed so much. Like, I think it's the biggest change in the past 50 years than yeah. hundreds of years. And, and I think, like, in the next 50 years, is it going to be that different? Like, if we went from black and white TV to, like... What we have now, everything. Yeah, what is really going to be, like, in 50 years? So, Metaverse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think that's that's just one thing we got to, like, you know, you got to just, just kind of, like, ease them into it. Mm -hmm. And um, from your perspective, obviously, like, you got to this point and you put your business hat on as well. You, you seemed entrepreneurial because even from the first gig, you were like, okay, so now I'm actually making more than my salary. Um, were you always entrepreneurial and how did that journey progress? Yeah, I was. I used to work with my dad when I was in school. He used to have a, like a, uh, a toys business, like stores and an office doing wholesale. So I always used to go like summer holidays. I'd always go work there or at the shop. So I always saw that. I always like hustling to make money in some way or form or the other. Even when I bought my first equipment, like um, there was somebody who wanted to rent it. So I was like, if I buy it and I rent it to them, then I make almost all the money back. I put a little extra, then I own the equipment myself. So it was always like that. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was it was always in me. I probably like say like uh, related to the fact that I was you know working from a young age with my dad would probably be the uh, inspiration behind uh, being entrepreneurial. Um, and then just you know it always uh, it always stuck with me, and I always wanted to do that. You know, if I saw like you know if DJs were if it was, it was try, people trying to book me as a DJ. And I could only do so many shows. And then we had like one other DJ. So then I'm like, yo, let's, you know, get more DJs and put them in different places. Then we can make commission off of that. Then suddenly now we have like a DJ booking agency as well. So 
It was really that mentality. You make good decisions, and, and that's the other thing about being entrepreneurial. Right? You have to be able to take the risk. You know, some people are just afraid because, like, oh, what if I do it and I fail? And like, for me, failure was like not a problem. I, I learned more from failure than, uh, than than lost from it. So I was totally fine with it. And speaking of failure, obviously, we spoke a lot about you know the success and and some of the the biggest achievements that you've had. What were some of the hardships along the way? Um, early on or even during the the, the, the DJing career? The, um, I mean, the only hardship was really, uh, you know, when I was starting, it was it was pretty new. I mean, you know, like like, like, like we said, Dubai's like kind of been evolving, uh, you know, the whole new change, the era where uh, the property boom happened and all that. It was really post-property boom where the opportunities really came up. It was uh, during like the recession, like I felt like that's really when things kicked off for me. Um, because uh, it's interesting during yeah. the recession. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was actually I started one of my. That's when I started my events company. That's when uh, uh, I threw one of my biggest parties, and that's really where it kicked off. Because what someone told me, and I don't remember who, is no matter what happens, no matter how bad things are, no matter what is going on in someone's life, they would still go out and want to party and have a good time and forget about how uh, bad their day was. True. And that really stuck with me, you know. And it was true, man. We threw like some of the biggest parties. It was the year Jay Sean's song "Down" came out wow. as well. You know, even if the sky was falling, timeless down, record. Time, the timing of it was crazy as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, that was that was really a challenge. There's always challenges in a- any any situation, you know. Like uh, you want to do something, you want to achieve something, and you know, sometimes people don't open doors for you. Sometimes you can't get what you want. Those things happen, but like I said, for me, it's not only about uh, failure, it's also about taking chances. I always tell people, right, you want to do something, and let's say the answer was behind one of these five doors. A lot of people are like, which door could it be? I'm the type of person that will knock and check on all the doors, and not a lot of people are like that. So for me, you know, that challenge was overcome with, uh, the challenges were overcome with that mentality most of the time. You seem like you have a very positive energy. Like I, I can feel that aura where yeah. even if you do go through hardship, you just kind of you deal with it as it comes and you get on with it. Um, there are a lot of people that you know they're not like that, and and sometimes they go through hardship and it really affects them. Um, take yourself back to any dark days, days that you've had, and I know that obviously DJing and and like you said, people go to parties and that's how they liven up their mood. But what are some of the things that you do when you're in that dark place, or even if you're just having a bad day, how do you lift yourself up? Um, luckily for me, I mean, you, you pretty much said it. So I don't really stay in these bad moments. For sure I have it. You know, I'm human being at the end of the day. And, you know, whatever. Uh, a lot of people, you know, uh, watch content online of people like, this person lives an amazing life, great house, great car, out of the beach, you know, Instagram pictures, amazing, eating great food. People only show you what they want to show you. Yeah? So everyone's going through good and bad times all the time for sure. For me, I don't stay in the moment that long. And I even like, uh, you know, with one of the barbers, we had a little situation the other day and I had to go cut my hair with him yesterday. Um, uh, so when I saw him, I was like, super cool, hey, what's up, man, everything cool. And he was, he seemed a little like, oh, what's going on? Cause you just like, yeah, almost fired me the other day. And I told him straight, I'm like, listen, I want you to know one thing. I'm like, when I come into the shop to cut my hair, I'm like a customer, yeah? Mm-hmm. And when I'm talking to you guys about business, 
that's just business, right? So don't think that, you know, because we spoke a certain way or whatever, and that's the way uh, I feel uh, about you right now. So really, we had that conversation, that was situation, that's done. You want to have a talk about it again later, we can talk about it later. And I had to do that a lot of times, right? Because I wanted to be Marwan, you know, the owner of the company, and I wanted to be DJ Bliss, the artist as well. So I had to separate myself from that. And you know, the dark times, yeah, I mean, they, they come and they go. Uh, there's been times where it's been a little bit smaller and there's been times been like, you know, dragged on. I don't know, I feel like through, um, <coughs> sorry, I feel like through dark times or low times, some great things come out the back of it. You know what I mean? I don't know, I just always felt like that. I never, I mean, thank God, I never felt like a, a, a long, uh, wave of just dark and low times I, and whenever it did go low I don't know for some reason it was like I don't know it was a blessing it was energy it was God something something like just you know uh, got got me up and uh, it is the truth right if you're feeling really bad a candy bar might make you feel good right but if you're feeling great it might it might not really make you feel amazing yeah I love that so obviously now at this point in your career you have done a lot yeah. What what kind of keeps you going? What motivates you now? Just wanting to do more, really. Um, you know, I always have this uh, this thing in my head, like, oh, what can we do next? Like, uh, you know, I, I can look at this, like, apartment and be like, oh, my God, you know, like, how can we get into this place and, like, rent it out or make money from it? Like, just always want to, like, do more. The only thing is, I'm not trying to produce more things in general. I'm trying to reduce right now because, you know, just doing a lot of things sometimes can take your focus away from doing, like, individual things. So, um, yeah, I was saying, yeah, so reducing is really what I'm trying to do and just focus on, like, what works. You know, initially, I had, like, trying to do all these different things. Then I'm like, okay, look, let's take a look at it. What do I love doing? What's making me money? And what is there an opportunity? And let's take those and really move forward. The stuff that's, you know, I love doing and it's not costing me money. Let's move that aside for now. Uh, the thing that's, uh, I don't know, you know, that's making money, but I don't love doing. Let's move that aside right now so we can feel good, make money and be successful. I was going to actually say, like, how do you manage your time? Because there's so many things going on. Obviously, now you filtered it through. But in those times, how did you how did you juggle everything? It was tough. I went through a tough time. I had a great team, though, for sure. Like I owe it to them. I always had a great group of people around me working. And, I, you know, I wasn't I would I would not be able to do it by myself. But uh, um, right now, uh, you know, we have a smaller team It's post COVID as well. Um, and, and I like it. I'm a little bit more hands-on with a lot of things that I do. Uh, for the first time, I'm more in control of my own content as well. Before, I was trying to like, get like other people do it. So really, yeah, just that's that's what I try to do. And you know, the 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 strategy I told you about just reducing uh, stuff and focusing on important things is really the most important thing uh, to do for me right now. How was the COVID time for you? Because obviously, being a DJ, live shows. I know Dubai handled it really well compared to yeah. even the UK. I mean, I didn't really, to be honest with you, I mean, when COVID happened, it was March, and then by September, things opened up. I was doing a little bit of DJing, but it wasn't really. People were sitting down, and then things got shut down again, I think, in January. It wasn't until, like, uh, July, the year after, which is, like, almost a year and a half, where, really, I wasn't doing anything. Um, it was tough. Uh, for a while, it was great. I was at home. I mean, I'm, I'm at home most of the time. I was with my kids. Uh, uh, but... You know, then I'm like, all right, look, where are we going back to work? I was doing a lot of live streams as well. It, that was pretty cool. Um, 
got to like finish you know like all the other list of things to do mm. at home like finish all that as well it was cool for a little while and don't forget i've been djing like my whole uh life like straight after graduating from school i started djing so it was a nice break but it was just started getting a little too long but things are getting back to normal i mean yeah dubai handled it pretty well and right now things are slow very slowly but surely getting uh, back to normal like even in the clubs right now you can still have djs and parties and artists and everything but you still have to be seated mm. and uh maintain social distance from tables you know and they're reducing the distancing as well yeah 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 one thing that i actually love about dubai um is that obviously parties happen all around the world but there seems to be this culture of networking socializing being happy enjoying each other's company and obviously you have not really lived elsewhere you've grown up in this country but how like tell us a bit more about the dubai culture um from someone who lives here because i think a lot of people have this dream of wanting to move here and you know setting up a life here so what can they expect if they do make that move i i think there's something for everyone over here um there's literally you know it's it's a hard question to answer for just everyone but I think there literally is like something for everyone. Like I said, you want to live the rich and uh, lavish lifestyle. There's a there's a community for you over there. If you want to come and just be part of the party scene, and you know, uh, there's there's a scene over there. Like uh, there's people from all over the world over here. I mean, especially from the UK. And there's a huge UK expat community here that dates way 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 back. Like people used to work here from like the 60s and 70s. Like wow. uh, yeah, lo- lo- long time. So they used to come out here, maybe work on oil rigs or just been here. I mean, I've met like people who've been here like pre uh, pre UAE Union also. So uh, you know, the old school crew, the new school crew, the party crew—they're all here. You know, in specific, I'm talking about the UK because uh, maybe most of the audience is going to be watching from there. But uh, yeah, I mean, th- th- there's th- there's something for everyone over here. Whether you're from the UK, whether you're from. Uh, Japan or whether you're from I mean you know if you're from the Asian subcontinent like you feel right at home and close to home as well um, all kinds of food like the I think like some of the best food is in the world is in Dubai um, there's other places who have great food but not such a wide selection a selection of good quality food available all the time and so late as well like yeah. you're gonna get restaurants open all the time delivered to you i mean delivery now is big because of covid but we had delivery like back in the days like you delivered everything uh, to you so yeah i so, feel like people don't sleep here you don't have to if <laughs> you don't want to, to <laughs> yeah you can you can literally uh, there was an era when the mall was open 24 hours to buy wow. mall yeah they tried that i went there it's crazy like you can go in there like three four in the morning that's yeah. mad. <laughs> That's crazy. I love it here, honestly. It's just like you you come here, you just feel happy. You got the weather. You got you know no crime. You yeah. don't have to. Everyone it just seems happy, and it's so multicultural as well. Yeah. You see all kinds of races. Yeah. Um. So it's it's literally beautiful. Um. So, you mentioned that obviously being in Dubai, um. You know now with COVID and everything, the the parties kind of changed and all of that kind of stuff. Where do you see things going now um, for that industry? Do you think that it will get back, it will bounce back to how it used to be, or do you think that it will kind of... I, I don't know if things will completely go back to normal. Um, I think there will be a, a definite change. Like, for example, in Dubai, uh, these uh, dinner shows have now become really big, and I think they're going to be here to stay because people are going to realize, uh, you know, some of the clubs realize that instead of opening twice or three times a week, 
trying to book big artists and paying them a lot of money. Hey, we're going to invest into like entertainment and then we're going to have dinner and people are going to sit and we're going to open seven days a week. So I think that kind of mentality definitely came into place for a while. Right before COVID, only the big clubs were doing well. The small clubs were dying or shutting down. Now some of those uh, smaller uh, like medium to not X large, but medium to large size clubs are now popping back up again, doing the same thing. So that helped them as well. Um, the social distancing, I think, will eventually go away. Um, and then life in general, I think, is definitely going to be impacted, right? Uh, we're never going to touch airplane seats the same way like we used to. We're never going to shake someone's hand uh, and completely feel comfortable about, uh, you know, uh, what it feels like. Um, those things are like always going to be in the back of our mind, I think. So. But it's like you said, you have to be adaptable. You have to... Yeah kind of fit to yeah, the that, that's a, that's what we are as human beings right we adapt and we survive that's that's uh, our uh, our thing and that what i think that's what makes us different right from other animals uh in the animal kingdom like the only difference between us and them i mean for sure survival for everyone but you know the the mind that's what god gave us that we can adapt and uh allow ourselves to really uh survive if a pandemic happened amongst uh, lions or monkeys, they're not gonna, you know, have a drive-through COVID test and vaccines for <laughs> for all of them, you know. And Can that's, you <laughs> that's uh, God's greatest gift to us, I'd say. Honestly, honestly, and and coming together is, is such a beautiful thing. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, we have to obviously try our best to to still stay united. Um, so, Marwan, you've you've achieved so much in so many different industries. Um, I know you spoke about what motivates you, and you just want to keep going. But what does success mean to you? Success, man, that's a great question, and uh, what a what a great word, and, and and I think everyone, anyone, or every person can give you a different answer to what success means because uh, success, what success means to me, is different to to you, right? So, success for one person can mean Instagram followers. Success for one person can be money in the bank. Success for one person can just be. Uh, having a family and being healthy and being all together, right? And any of those things can mean success. So, really, uh, what I, does it mean for you? For me, former one, not disabled, former one. I was just gonna <laughs> say. I mean, I was gonna probably say all all of the above. You know, so all those things. So, I, I think success is a combination of uh, things that uh, you know you feel are really good for you. You know, so if I was successful in my business and you know I wasn't successful with my family, like I wouldn't feel whole and successful in that uh, sense um, but I would always I always say and I, I don't know if I'm answering the question for you like if I'm not successful let's say in one of my businesses I wouldn't feel unsuccessful as a as a person myself uh, you know so for my business to be successful it would need to be profitable really that's that's the that's where you know businesses are successful right um, you could also be successful and not be profitable but not for long yeah. right let's say one year yeah, two yeah. years three years you got to shut down done so um yeah for me like you know everything going good uh you know having my family being healthy uh being financially stable being able to you know smile and live my life every day i think that's what really defines uh, success for me mm -hmm. being able to comf comfortably uh live your life and do what you want to do and you also mentioned that part of success for some people could be followers. Um, but we also know the dangers of social media as well. Um, how do you kind of stay above it? Because um, obviously social media is a great tool. It's helped you in your businesses and it's yeah. helped you in your brand. Um, but 
how do you try to not get consumed by it? I think, I don't know, there was an era where I was really consumed by it. Um, I can't remember. Like, it was maybe pre-COVID, right, right before COVID. And then I think COVID taught me that it social media really doesn't mean nothing, right? Like, a pandemic nearly killed all of us. And then, so what if you have a million followers? Like, is that million followers going to save me from this pandemic? Is it going to keep my kids safe? Is it going to, like, you know, keep my family safe? I was like, no. Um... And then also, you know, going through that, I realized, you know, what we spoke about earlier about what people don't really show you everything that's going. They really show you what they want to show you. And even when they show you things that are not positive, they're only really showing you for clout most of the time. So this thing really... It's almost become like a currency. Yeah. It, I mean, it, yeah, for sure. For sure. It's been, I think it's been like that for a while, but just i don't know it's just it's not real you know it's not a real world um and the other thing is that at, at during social media i told someone i'm like look at look at what's going on now right you can't go anywhere you can't go to an event you can't uh go to a makeup artist you can't go to the hairdresser <coughs> where's the talent now right where is your talent right can you get on instagram live now and and juggle dance do a backflip dj or something like that can you talk to the people a lot of people couldn't, you know? So then I realized social media is not really that important. Sure, I mean, you know, a girl can go on there and take a picture on the beach every day with her body showing and suddenly hit like 10 million followers or a guy is like, you know... Uh, Bowling out of control. Something like that, you know? But what does it mean if there's no talent? Really nothing. What if the internet shut down, shuts down tomorrow? What What are you going to do? That's a, that's, that is a great thought. I mean, yeah. if the internet shut down, I think people would like be like what, 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 what am I actually good at what do I do now yeah it's coming the internet is gonna shut down what you think so no <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to give you a good uh, I was thinking maybe you had a little inside secret <laughs> I wanted to give you a nice little uh, snippet for the teaser <laughs> <laughs> but the, the one good thing about social media is that it does allow you to meet um, you know people we're meeting because of social media yeah I mean um, we met through social media exactly and, yeah. and, and that's the beautiful side of it how important for you in your career has networking been um, and obviously going out of your comfort zone especially being a hybrid introvert extrovert yeah how, how important has that been for you um, I, I think it's been pretty good you know uh, being able to make connections like without uh, having to be face to face sometimes it's difficult as well I mean I, I don't want to say who but Someone just hit me up. A huge American artist is coming out over here. And they were like, yo, we need like the biggest Emirati artist to come on stage when this performance is happening. Do you know the person? I'm like, yes, I do. So I'm already in touch with this person, the American artist. Um, and now this Emirati artist, I just hit up in DMs and they replied. It's crazy to me. Like I'm talking about like the biggest, you know what I mean? So that kind of situation, like how else would I have done that? You know, do, what, what other way? It's It was only through social media. So in that sense, it's pretty cool, right? I just created a, a connection. And if, uh, you know, that thing does come through, I was able to create it just through, through that. Um, so in that sense, yeah, I do like it. I think it's a great networking tool. I, I mean, I know people are not a big fan of Facebook, but I still love Facebook, you know. Uh, catching up with like old friends, finding people, and like sort of like and for video is still really yeah, big. Yeah, and also like uh, it, it was really the first social network that we really uh, 
we were all really on you know I can like I have some messages from like back in the days the people like one of my DJs who I DJ with Chef Codes like uh, we've been DJing together 12 years and the other day I'm like yo is it 11 years or 12 years like hold on let's go back to the first time I messaged you he pulled it down and it was like we found the first time he messaged me on Facebook like 12 years ago you know and I love I love I love stuff like that I love going back I love watching old videos I love like watch taking a look at my old pictures and just like reminiscing I think Facebook is uh, kind of like that so it's good in that sense you know when we and we're taking so many pictures and stuff on our phone like I'm thinking like years from now how am I gonna find the picture of us from this podcast today like you're gonna get lost I don't know if you, ever, you ever, ever think about like you ever think about that like I do that on my like some of my like kids pictures like favorite favorite then I have like so many favorites now like how am I gonna find the first time like she walked or like you know it's gonna be impossible to find so something like Facebook could help you know if you wrote like you know uh, something like that but uh, generally I, I'm a fan I'm a fan of technology social media uh, privacy I don't know so much about I think you know they, it's changing and uh, they're working on it but I think people already know what they know and they you know they know that we're sitting here having this podcast right now you know even if I decline all the cookies on the website they still they still know that you know we're using these microphones and <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking about and besides I think I think also people they get worried about privacy which you know is a fair kind of thought but at the same time a lot of the privacy things are actually there to make your life more convenient because they want to show you ads that are going to be relevant to you yeah. and they want to show you things that you're actually going to enjoy. It's not necessarily only a negative. Yeah. I think what people don't understand is that um, they think if I said ketchup and then suddenly a ketchup ad showed up on, on my phone, they're like, well, if they can do that, then they can access anything on my phone. Yeah. You know, I have pictures, I have passwords. Like, I think that's where the thing lies. And there is but these are not related right there are hackers who can get that kind of information but you know the like organizations if, themselves yeah i mean for sure they're looking for like you said i mean they're looking for for trends right they want to know uh google wants to know how many cars are coming down this way so then they can figure out uh, how you know to avoid traffic or they want to know how many times this restaurant's uh, ordering uh, someone's ordering from this restaurant and then you know like this is like things things like that usually it's for the better mm. and people feel like oh no this is my information why like google maps how do you think google maps works yeah it's not a satellite that's watching cars and there's like watching heat no it's literally <laughs> our phone sending signals yeah uh and then they see that this this phone is not moving and that's how you see if there's traffic there or not of course, it's not a, yeah. <laughs> a camera overlooking a car. In every place in every, no, uh, every city yeah, in the world. definitely not. So, Marwan, you mentioned um, you looked back at you know, old messages on Facebook from 12 years ago and you, know, you, could, you could actually reminisce things like that. When you look at yourself maybe 10 years ago versus who you are now, what, what would be some of the things that you're most proud about as a human being, not necessarily in a career-wise? I would say just like surviving and uh, you know keep and and if I look at sort of my career the graph of my career it would be like that you know and that's what I would be most proud about if, I think if it was like this maybe I would be sort of content probably lying probably wouldn't be <laughs> but you know thank God definitely not a, a decline mm -hmm. um, and you know some people might not be honest with themselves but tr 
trust me, I wouldn't be this person that I am sitting in front of you talking like this if I felt like that. You know, I had, I had to make sure I changed. If I went down, and usually, but you asked me earlier about it. Now that I think about it, you know, what were some of your down moments? If it was like that, you know, if I felt like, oh, you know, I'm not doing anything, or um, and it's easy to feel like that when you you know had a lot of success. You know, you watch these celebrities who go in like you know mad doing crazy things, or you know. Uh, mental health issues usually it's related to that like when you have this all this success all this attentions on you and everybody's you know, and then suddenly you don't have it right a one hit song and then suddenly nothing and affects your mental health um, it's it's kind of those situations luckily for me it was really in small uh, portions and, and I was able to use that energy that felt like oh, I'm not doing it and create like yo let's go back up so that's why when I say when I look back at the 10 years and the graph looks like that for me that's what makes me uh, most content and happy about mm -hmm. did you have any role models along the way like I know you mentioned Jay Sean and he seems like someone that's quite yeah. close to you yeah, he's a good friend of mine because uh, I wouldn't call him a role model but he's a great I mean, great <laughs> great friend him and Richie Richie Rich and Juggy when they first came out with their first song I was by the way uh, sorry just disclaimer when I used to call the radio yeah that was that was the crew that dance I used to with you or well or just all of that you. crew eyes on you uh, Desi remix Rich yeah. Rich remix yeah um, it was always that crew that I would be calling up and asking for oh so damn it's funny yeah Jay Sean Juggy oh they just had a radio show for a while no, right no no as in I used to call up and want to play their songs ah got it got it got yeah, it so yeah. and Raghav that's it Raghav yeah oh yeah. my god what happened then <laughs> uh, what was the song called um he had a few. He had yeah. a few bangers. I can't really remember. Yeah, but I don't know. It just seemed like it wasn't gonna last for him. Mm. It was good, but it wasn't like there was no like. It was a uh, short run. Yeah. Um, damn, that's crazy. So, what station was it? Like uh, Asian it was, Network. It, it was. Uh, it was. So at the time, it was called Club Asia in the UK. Yeah. Then it changed to buzz or something like that right right um but it was it was my favorite it was they my used to do a show i think for a short period they did a show so so when they first came out they came to dubai for one of their first shows ever brand new jay sean like they're fresh out the box um so they came out here with their managers we did an interview and even the manager was like hey listen you know they're uh, these guys are about to become really big um you know they they look for a dj to like go on tour with them and i was thinking at the time like this guy just had like one song. I'm not gonna leave this. I just got a radio job. I'm not leaving this radio job to go on a tour with uh, with with these three guys. There's no way. And, and then so you met them early on. Early, I'm telling you, first song. They had one song. That dance with you. Dance with you, yeah. Wow. Like it was literally that era. Photoshop, Jay Sean, clean face. Uh, like they just had that. They were super shy and quiet. Um, yeah, brand brand new man. So I met them then. Um, and uh, who else? Role models, different ones, like different people in different industries. I think you know. What Not I was necessarily like? role models, but people that you've just had the pleasure of being around and learning from, yeah. and you know, going back and forth. Yeah, um, a little bit of everyone, I'd say. Yeah, a little bit of everyone. I was also never like, like I said, I was never taught either. Mm. But you know, I, if there was someone who had a lesson for me to learn, I was, I was gladly there to to learn and take it. Um, one person I will say, and this is not for name drop purposes, is Will Smith. I had a chance to meet him um, a few years ago. Uh, we got a chance to go out for dinner, and you know he was uh, he cuts he cuts his hair uh, with one of our oh, barbers. Nice. So this is like the epitome of like super energy, good advice, good human being guy that you want to be around. Like the energy he has, it overtakes the room. Like it's insane. He has this like smile and again 
You know, he's just put out a book and he talks about it. I'm watching the YouTube videos right now. I'm about to download the audio book. He talks about downtimes as well. But because he's a human being, right? But his energy is just, man, it just overtakes you. And I told him this once. Uh, he was giving me, he gave, he gave me like some advice about what to do. And then, you know, once I asked him about something and he's like, yo, I'll call you next week. This guy is so powerful that within that one week, I already like, I was going through like inspirational videos and all that of one of them was his. I got answers to what I needed from inspirational videos of him online before he can even tell me. I had him, I'm like, dude, we don't need to have that conversation. <laughs> like we're, we're good already. Even right now, like watching his uh, new show is called, uh, it's called uh, Best Shape of My Life. It's like really inspiring me because I just started hitting the gym last week and I'm like, so when I started uh, getting on the treadmill, I was thought I'd watch videos because the best way for me to get through the time. And I was like, it just showed up. I'm like, let me watch it. And it's like perfect. He's going through the best shape of my life, talking about his book and inspirational stories, good and bad. Uh, and then um, and then I'm able to watch it and work out and work on myself as well. So, you know, I think like... When we have role models, like you, you need to find someone like uh, that you aspire to be like, or 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 fo- or wanna get that good energy from. Hundred percent. One thing that I'm I'm really fascinated about, which I really wanted to ask you about, is um, the fact that you're Emirati. You must get a lot of people that that try to to do things just because you're Emirati, because you're the minority, right? And the Dubai. Uh, market how it used to be was you know you you needed to get good with the Emiratis or you know you needed a business partner that was Emirati Um, have you had that along the way and and what are some of the kind of things that you've seen yeah I mean I wasn't really in that scene I mean it's easy to find a partner if you really wanted to I mean you pay someone and they do it so that that was easy so I never really got into that side of it I do know people who do it and like you said now things have changed so now you can do it by yourself Um, and then as far as like wanting to work with him because I'm in Marathi, you, you mean just generally because of business purposes? Yeah, or? like, do, have you ever felt like, you know, any anything's different being Emirati? Because I, I think I, I, I've always been fascinated by it, right? Because you because Dubai is such a beautiful city, but you guys are the minority. Yeah. Um. So it's just it's just nice to see that perspective of, of someone. Who's yeah. Emirati. No, I mean honestly, it's everyday life. Uh, people don't even know I'm in Marathi unless I'm wearing kandoor. Sometimes I wear it, and then some people start acting funny around. I'm like, what's going on? Then <laughs> I realized like oh you know the guys running to open the door and uh, I, I don't really like it like you know I, I feel like everyone should be treated the same and I think everyone does get treated the same I don't really think there's any favoritism towards Emiratis I think it's more of a cultural uh, hospitality thing that people try to do like that open the door thing mm-hmm. you know what I but mean they do that for everyone everyone's really they polite do that for everyone yeah 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 for sure um, but yeah I feel like it's a pretty multicultural place over here, and uh, there's opportunities for everyone, I, I would say. Um, for sure, we have some uh, benefits as uh, citizens that uh, the government provides for us. But I think there is enough opportunity without these benefits as well for non, non-citizens, yeah? Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay. So the small things are like, I, I'm sure you've heard, like, uh, so... Uh, you can apply for land and then they give you like uh, interest-free uh, money to build your house if you're married and you have a family like there's th- there there's rules for it um, I think it's like that I think it's for a married family but you do get a land and and housing uh, support and then I think your water just bills a little cheaper but by the way I mean even healthcare if, and even if it is a sense of favoritism it's not really a bad thing because 
it's nice again that yeah you get supported yeah i mean in the uk you, you have nhs uh, nhs right yeah. is that what yeah. you call it yeah, yeah, yeah that's the hospital yeah, yeah, yeah so you have like uh health uh, in america same thing i think they provide uh health for like their citizens and then you know like they'll support uh, in, in like in the recession i think the uk supported like people who are not working and whatnot as well so they, i mean the government has to take care of their people uh, in some way or form always so mm -hmm. uh, it, it's there in a lot of like you know uh the, the, the things I mentioned, maybe some of the big things, and then there's like smaller things as well where they support too. Mm -hmm. But that's why nobody complains, right? That you're, when you take care of your people, uh, yeah. you don't you don't feel like you, you need to complain about anything. And then we don't have that culture, you know. Culture culturally, we're very hospitable, friendly to each other, and uh, that's the kind of vibe that we have, you know. And that's what I think that's the difference between the outside world and here and. I think more and more. I always tell people Dubai is sort of the perfect uh, Arabic Muslim country, right? It's, it's a, the ba perfect balance perfect between East balance. and West. Correct, yeah. You have this and you have that and, you know, here you go. Where you want to be? You want to be here or you want to be here? And uh, I love, by the way, I love that your Instagram DP is like half off. <laughs> I love that. I think it's so cool that, you know, this is this is Marwan and there's two sides of yeah. me. I'm, I'm Emirati. I can be that side and I can also be yeah, yeah, that yeah, side. Yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah. That was one of the things that when I saw your Instagram for the first time, I was like, this is really cool. Like, he's put thought behind it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, came, I, I came up with that for one of my first business cards ever a long time ago. And then I didn't use the picture. Cause Super creative. Yeah. So then I redid this one from a new picture when we were on Clubhouse for a bit before they yeah. uh, blocked it over here. Uh, oh, they blocked Clubhouse. Yeah. yeah, because it's like a, it's technically a call service, right? Mm. And, you, and you, Dubai, they WhatsApp can, calling, nothing really. Correct. Works. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they control sort of, uh, you know, if they, I think it's a security issue. If they can allow. Uh, uh, the security to be uh, monitored or you know something like that then and I think that 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 was the issue with Clubhouse I knew it was gonna happen eventually but all those like you know phone call things uh, we have specific things like Botim that works or or, or whatever mm -hmm. and finally um, you mentioned that you have kids as well yeah um, how do you manage that time with family and uh, being a DJ is obviously not the easiest thing late nights and all that kind of thing What would your words of wisdom be for from a family point of view? You know what? Um, my father-in-law was actually talking about this the other day. He was over and I was going to work He's like, what are you doing? You know DJing? Why don't you get a regular job? You know <laughs> like sleep early and you know, so I'm like You know, I put my kids to sleep and then I go to work and I come back and in the morning They come and wake me up and they have no idea I went to work and I get to spend all day with them mm. So I wouldn't change that for the world really sure I may sleep a little less um, I you know I don't need it that much. Uh, I try to keep it, uh, you know, as as low as minimum as possible. But you know, my son doesn't even know that I went to work and came back. So for me, it's it's perfect. It takes a little bit of balancing. At the beginning, it's a little tough when they first born because you know they waking up a lot. Um, but um, but you know, I got a chance to like you know, my we're so attached. Like we were together like the whole first. Uh, first year one and a half years with my son like we were together like every day like I would not even schedule meetings in the morning or whatnot until my wife my wife works as well until she came back then I would like do most of my stuff like in the evening so uh, yeah for me it's great you know I, and again not to take a shot or dig at anyone but like think about somebody who works nine to five right they don't see their kids from nine in the morning till five or six is the way they do it over here um, you're missing out really on your you know child child's growing up and it's the life that uh, they have to live, and that's just the way it is. 
But again, you know, I wouldn't give it up. I would rather just lose sleep a little bit at night and wake up in the morning and, uh, you know, spend time with them. This is a bit of a selfish question because I don't have any kids. But yeah. what, what, what has been the biggest lesson of having kids that maybe you could advise the big, me on? The biggest what? The lesser, biggest lesson that you've had from having kids or oh. the biggest thing that you could pass on to someone else? I would say try to have them early um, just because it's, it's a lot cooler to, to be closer in age with your kids as you're growing up you know like you want like I go play basketball with him and like you know run around and get healthy uh, now just to be able to do more so that's the, you know that's that's one thing I would recommend uh, you know because the older you get you know you, you don't want your kids to be at a in their teenage age and they're super old because I see a lot of like even my own friends by the way I'm like what are you guys doing like it, you're waiting too long like by the time you get married and then have kids and then how old are you gonna be around your your kids? I like literally my close circle of friends, like two or three of them, like that right now. I'm like, what are you guys doing? So that's that's definitely one advice. And then the other advice is just to sort of learn. You know, uh, whatever you learned from your parents, what what you think was good and what you think was bad, um, this is your chance to to rectify. It. Take all the good and give it to them, and take all the bad, change it to good and give it to them as well. Mm, wow. I could sit here all day, yeah, uh, but same, I know man. we're over sequences <laughs> of time. Um, any any final things that you want to kind of share or give to our audience that maybe is sitting in the UK? That's really it, man. I hope uh, I hope this uh, podcast like resonated with you guys, and it was some great. Quite you took me into a great place in my mind as well, and I hope everyone gets a chance to come and see this beautiful city that we're uh, we're in and. You guys got a great view over here on the Palm Island. So I hope if you haven't been here, come check it out. If you have been here, go and explore. You know, check out some of the hidden gems. There's hidden gem food places. There's other cities. And there's so much more than just the regular stuff. So. And where can we find your barbershop and all the other things that you got going on? So my barbershop's called Beats and Cuts. Where You're in, joking. Yeah. Don't tell me you cut your hair there. You're joking. You cut your hair there? From Jay. Yeah. What? <laughs> That's your guy? Literally the other day, so this is what happened. This is this is crazy. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm experiencing this live. So I really needed a haircut. As, as this plane is flying above us. So <laughs> so so I literally needed a haircut. Okay, for the podcast, right? I, I got a haircut a week ago, but you know I was a bit rough, and. I literally searched online and I wrote Fade Dubai because I I knew obviously there's loads of good barbers here yeah. but you know I'm very very picky and I, I don't trust many people course, so yeah. I wrote uh, Fade Dubai Jay was the first person that came up and then I see okay the you know the the shop itself and all of that kind of stuff okay you know what I can trust this guy he's been cutting loads of celebrities and all this kind of stuff and we sh we sat down with um, Talha as well um, he owns a shisha lounge called Pipes and I saw his face on, on Jay's page as well so I, okay, I thought okay this is trustworthy yeah. I went there honestly one of the best experiences I've ever oh, had thanks man honestly like the music the vibe and I felt like you know I was either in the middle of the US or the UK <laughs> yeah. so I just felt so comfortable and he goes you know honestly anytime you just yeah. come here we'll look after you and I'm basically considering to move to Dubai as well oh, so really? I think that's going to be my new home no. but that is that's crazy. crazy you got Jay because Jay's our crazy. number one like guy in terms he of schedule me, he goes, like I'm he goes normally you. i need a week notice yeah. but i made it happen for you oh dog, that dog. is a small world yeah small world indeed so beats and cuts definitely definitely recommend it guys yeah beats and cuts um, and then uh i have karak inc which is another like karak place uh also in beats and cuts um and then the events like we have uh, blitz inc entertainment and select djs the name of the dj 
group that I was telling you about that we do. So, but I mean, my, on my Instagram, when you guys are ever in town or if you want to ever come to the parties, just uh, I post it on on my page. Yeah, we'll put that all in the description as well. It's funny because all the the footballers come there, all the celebrities come there. Pogba, Conor yeah, McGregor. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Jake cuts. Uh, well, uh, he cuts some big celebrities, and uh, he was telling me Pogba came like a few days. Pogba ago. was cut with Rabia. Like so, Rabia. So we opened the shop. Like he was my first barber. Yeah, Rabia's cut. Rabia's uh, cut Will Smith's hair like all the time. The show that Will Smith did, he filmed it all in Dubai, and Rabia was doing like house calls for him all the time. We didn't know what he was filming, but we knew he was filming something. Um, and then it just came out. So uh, yeah, we felt like all the all YouTube guys, like uh, Mo Vlogs and all those guys, they come out there as well. So yeah, we're pretty known. It's not what I want to be completely known for. Of like course, we yeah, want to be known yeah. for like good fades, but these guys do yeah. come as well for yeah, for a fade. Yeah, best fade, best experience. Like honestly, not just the fade, the cut, but the conversations, the whole experience. Honestly, Dope, I highly man. recommend it. I, can't, I honestly can't believe that <laughs> that just happened live on air. Thank you, man. But yeah, honestly, true pleasure. Guys, be sure to follow him. Thank you all for watching and we'll see you soon.